When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Hey, Shalom, come on in, everybody. Apologize for a little bit of a 10, little bit, a 10 minute late start. It took me a while to um, get back from the gym. I don't know what takes so long uh, to make that happen, but you know you always can depend on me to do what I say I'm going to do and be where I say I'm going to be. Come on in. Let me know where you're watching from. Tell me where you're watching from and make sure that you share tonight. We're on TikTok and on the Bishop Foreman Instagram, both Bishop Foreman Instagram and the Bishop Foreman TikTok. Come on in. Let me know where you are watching from. Come and talk to me. Listen, come on and talk to me. Let me know where you're watching from. Tampa, Atlanta, good to see you. Over here on TikTok, let me know where you're watching from. Denver, good to see you. Shalom, everybody. Lakewood, hey, Lakewood. Naperville, Illinois, good to see you. Come on in. Let me know where you are watching from. Let me know where you're watching from and make sure that you share. When you share, uh, people get saved. Listen, guys, we started this brand new series, South Carolina, Denver, Aurora, Good to see you all. Uh, make sure that you share on uh, TikTok. You can use the little arrow button at the bottom to share. On Instagram, you can use the little triangle bottom uh, angle uh, uh, symbol at the bottom and share that. Uh, yes, come on, Jody. See Palm Springs, California. Good to see you. Hey guys, um, New Jersey, Denver. Good to see you all. Shalom to you all. Shalom. Is a Hebrew word. We use it at harvest. It's baked and built into our culture. It is a word that literally means peace, but it means more than peace. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Um, every time you speak that word, you are literally prophesying into somebody's life and you are declaring that over them. Uh, um, so you speak shalom to yourself. You speak shalom to other people. And every time you do that, you are literally saying to them, I speak nothing missing in your life, nothing lacking in your life, nothing broken in your life, and all is well. That's why even when the Bible talks about Things like God delights in the prosperity of his servant. Um, th th that, that word prosperity there is literally the word uh, shalom, which means God says he delights in you doing well. That's Psalm 35, 27. He delights in seeing you do well. Is that not good news? God delights in seeing you do well. Um, that's amazing that we serve a God and we believe in a God where his desire is for us to do well, not to be at the bottom, but to be at the top, not to be overcome but to always be overcomers. Hey, Littleton, good to see you uh, uh, on tonight. All right, so listen, we started this new series uh, on Sunday. Wow, called Let's Start Over, Scratch That Better. So for short, the series is Let's Start Better. How many of you wave at me if you know there's some areas of your life uh, where you need a better start? Like you just kind of want to scratch what it was and just start better, wave at me. And I dare you to even tell me the area of your life where you want to see a scratch that start better. Uh, maybe it's your mindset, scratch that, let me start better. Maybe it's with your health, scratch that, let me start better. Maybe it's in your finances, scratch that, let me start better. Maybe it's with your children, scratch that, let me start better. Maybe, what is it? Is it your education? Whatever area it is, I dare some of you all to just tell me what it is because watch me. When you begin to identify where you want to see improvement, you are already ahead of the game. I'll say it again. Whenever you begin to identify what you want to improve, you are already ahead of the game. And why is that important to know? Why is that important to understand? Because many times, often in life, 
as we're navigating through life, um, the issue is that we simply haven't decided. We simply haven't been able to identify what is the thing that we are going to focus on bringing improvement into our life. I see mindset, health, relationships, mindset, health. Uh, finances, relationships, children, mindset, every area in my life. This is good. Somebody says it starts with thinking. It does. The Bible says this, as a man thinks in his heart, heart in the scripture. Let me teach you all. Um, you'll sometimes hear people say this. You can't get it in here. You got to get in here. That is not Bible. In the Bible, your heart, 99% of the time, Old Testament is the word lev, L-E-B, New Testament is the word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, and it means your mind. So watch me. So whenever the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, it means as a man thinks it is mine, so is he, which means your thoughts determine your actions. Um, your thoughts determine your actions. Your health, your creativity, your finances, this is good. Any other areas? Y'all talk to me tonight in the comments on TikTok and on Instagram where you want to see something where you want to scratch that out and start better. And you said, well, why don't you just say start over? Because with God, hear me, you are never starting over. I need you to hear me tonight. You are never starting over. You are never starting over. With God, you are always starting better. Why? Romans 8, 28 makes something very plain to us. It says, with, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things, this means your past and your present, to work together. Listen to the part, this is my favorite part, as a plan, which means God is so amazing. He will take the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, the ratchet, the mountain, the valley. He will take all of those things, work those things together and make them come together as a plan. He is so good at what he does. I need a few of y'all to type the question on the screen. How good is he? He's so good at what he does. How good is he, Bishop? He is so good at it that the way he does it, you'll look back on your life and think that everything that happened was part of the plan. He'll make your mess ups look like they were part of the plan. He'll make your screw ups look like they were part of the plan. He'll make your accidents look like they were part of the plan. Can I get you to put a praise on the screen if you're excited about the fact that the God we believe in, the God of the Bible, he will take your good, your bad, and your ugly, make it all work together like a plan, and you'll look at the plan, and you'll think it was supposed to happen that way, even though it wasn't. You'll look back on a bad relationship that you had no business getting on, getting in, and you'll say, thank you, Jesus. Because he made it part of the plan. Because you'll be able to say, you know what? While the relationship was bad, I got kids out of it. While the relationship maybe wasn't great, I got wisdom out of it. While the relationship wasn't great, I got information out of it. While the relationship wasn't great, I got wisdom out of it. I know next time I see crazy coming, I will cross the street. He is just that good that he makes all things work together as a plan. All right, you got to hear that part. Uh, because sometimes in life, you can look back with regret. And I rebuke your regret. If you're on this preview of tomorrow night's Bible study, if you're on this preview with me and you are dealing with regret right now, I need for you to uh, just say me. Type the word me. Because we're about to cover your regret in prayer. You cannot live your life in regret. I rebuke your regret. I rebuke your regret. I rebuke your regret tonight. Um, you cannot. I see several people. Me, 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 me. Listen, listen. There's no shame in you being real. Hear me. When you are real, then you can heal. So many people never heal from things because they're never real about the fact that they needed to be healed in the first place. Let's be real tonight. 
You do not have time to look back over your life in regret. You want to know what that's called in the scripture? It is this phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. It literally means to live in regret. And that is a form of hell on earth when you live in regret. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every individual that just uh, was honest and put me on the screen that's watching live or the replay. And I declare tonight, Father, that they would not live in regret. Father, you did not call us to live in a place called weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is hell on earth. You did not call for us to live in that in Jesus' name. We declare that we will not live in regret. We will not live in a place of shoulda, woulda, coulda. No, we will live in a place of I can do better today and tomorrow. We will live in a place where we have anticipation that our next is going to be better than our past and our present. We will not live in regret. In fact, we rebuke the spirit. What is the spirit? The mindset. We rebuke the mindset of regret. We rebuke the attitude of regret. We rebuke the ideology of regret. We rebuke the mentality of regret. We rebuke uh, the, the, the sense of regret. We rebuke the emotions attached to regret. And Father, we are focused knowing that we are pressing forward. The Apostle Paul says this one thing. I need a few of y'all to drop a one on the screen. This one thing that I do, I forget those things that are behind me. In other words, I do not live in regret and I press. Father, we declare that tonight we will press. We are pressing into the future. And for that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody say amen right there. Amen right there. Amen right there. Listen, so we're doing a preview. We're doing a preview. We're doing a preview of this message um, that we're doing tomorrow night. Um, uh, which is Wednesday Night Live Bible Study. I want to encourage you. Um, you can be a part of that. How do you do that? If you're in Denver, you can join us in the building. That's 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you're not in Denver, um, then you can join us on all of our digital campuses. How do you do that? Best way to do that is to text and get our app. How do you get our app? You text the word harvest. Can I get a few of you to type that on either platform? You text the word harvest to the phone number 877-552-4746. Can I get some love? Can I get some hearts over here? Can I get some love over here on Instagram too? We're just on the Bishop Foreman Instagram and the Bishop Foreman um, uh, TikTok tonight. All right, can I get some love? Show me some love, y'all. Philly, good to see you, Philly. You can connect with us on a digital campus, all right? Um, tons of people, tons of people do that. <laughs> tons of people do that. You want to be a part of that. Y'all talk about my shine. That's actually because I'm fresh from the gym. That is, that is gym shine, huh? All right, listen. So uh, on Sunday to open the series, I taught you this message called He Did More After the Cross. He did more after the cross. And we begin to learn um, many people um, celebrate everything that Jesus did on the cross. Um, the Bible literally makes it clear that he died so that we would have life and life more abundantly. Hear me. Jesus did not die for you to sit up and be miserable, messed up, jacked up, tied up, tangled up. He did more after the cross. And I began to show you this. I taught you on Sunday that you are a farmer that has everything you need in seed form. That's 2 Peter 1 and 5, 3. The Bible says that he has given us all things that uh, we need for life, 
and godliness, which means you lack nothing. Can I get a few of you to type that on each platform? I lack nothing. You do not lack anything, but what you have, you may, you'll have it in seed form. It's the same principle God has used since the book of Genesis. Genesis, gene, the beginning of a thing. Literally, the Bible says that God put trees in the garden that bore uh, seeds. In other words, God's principle has always been that he never gave us the finished product. He gave us the seed. Can I tell you everything that you will be? Listen, you already have everything that you will accomplish. You already have everything that you will become. You already have. You just have it in seed form. And I began to teach you that there's seven types of seeds. Number one, and seven is the biblical number of completion, which means when you see yourself as a farmer, you will, you will sow these seven seeds in life and you will always be in a place and a state where you lack nothing. You will lack nothing. You will lack nothing. All right. First type of seed is what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth, Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of your tongue. What you speak, you shall see. Number two, your movements, what you do, what you do determines uh, is a seed type, right? So you cannot just speak something and yet do something contrary to what you speak because your actions are a seed. Number three, what you do with your money, that is a seed. The Bible never says to pray for money or pray for financial breakthrough. The Bible says, Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What you do with your money is a seed. This is why, and let, watch me testify in the comments, every faithful giver, you can testify that you are flourishing. I need you to put a praise on the screen. If you've seen that principle of what you do with your money, you've seen that principle work. That's why we're faithful tithers. That's why we're not just faithful tithers, but we're faithful givers above and beyond. All right? Number four, what we do with management is a seed. Your stewardship or your management of something, that is a form of seed. If you do not manage now well, then how will you be trusted with next? I'm going to say that again. If you do not manage now well, how will you be trusted with next? Over and over again, and I taught you throughout uh, the, the, our previous series, the sequel, uh, I showed you examples of this. Jesus says, if you've not been faithful with another man, so who's going to give you your own? Uh, sometimes you have to pray and ask the Lord and say, Lord, give me the grace to manage my now well so I can be trusted with my next. Give me, my, give me the grace I need to manage my now well so I can be trusted with my next. Um, the uh, next seed is ministry. Serving is a seed. Uh, this is why I encourage those of you, especially those of you that are connected to Harvest, you can serve. You don't have to be in Denver. You don't have to be in Atlanta. We're doing a new Atlanta location. You don't have to be in Atlanta. You can literally be anywhere across America, around the world. You can be a part of our digital dream team and serve. Your serving is a seed. Hear me. When you serve, what you are doing that you are not being compensated for, watch me, you are being graced and favored for. I'll say it again. When you work a job, what you get in exchange for, your, for you giving your time is your compensation. When you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, what you get in exchange is for what you get other people to do. When you serve, what you get in exchange is favor and grace. This is why the Bible says that he delights in the prosperity of his servant. His servant. Those are those that serve. I want to push some of you all to start serving. Bishop, how do I start serving at Harvest? It's very simple. In our app, click join. 
uh, uh, and you can begin. It'll walk you through the steps to serve. You can also text the word "join harvest" is one word. Eight seven seven five five two four seven four six. If the harvest is not your church, wherever your man of God is, wherever your church is, you've got to begin serving. All right. When you serve, that is a seed. And what you don't get in a check, you get in something that's bigger than a check. You get grace. You get favor. Um, not to mention the skills you learn. Not to mention the ability you learn to have to be mature in dealing with people. You got to hear me. Um, your serving is a seed. Ministry is a seed. Last two seeds are mistakes and miserable moments. Mistakes and miserable moments. God, what did we learn from Romans 8, 28? He will take, come on, somebody say, let's go, dream team. Let's go. Um, your mistakes are a form of seed. Why? God will take your mistake, and what is Romans 8, 28? And he'll make it work together for your good. Finally, your miserable moments. And we learn from how Jesus handled his miserable moments, how to handle our miserable moments. What did I teach you? Number one, he was betrayed by Jesus, or excuse me, by Judas. And I, I released this revelation to you on Sunday. It wasn't just Judas that betrayed him. Everybody listen. It was also those that knew about Judas. You got to hear that. It wasn't just Judas. It was everybody that knew about him. See, it's one thing. It is one thing for Judas to do what he did. But why did the people who knew about Judas, why did they say nothing? I pray that in 2022, you have people that will warn you about the Judases around you. I dare you to just, if you believe that, God has the ability to put people in your circle that will not just, uh, watch me, I don't need you to just tell me what Judas said. I want to know what you said to Judas. How did you know about him and did not say anything to me? Okay, you want to go here? Let's go deeper. How did you know about him and never check him? Because maybe... This happens a lot of times in leadership. This happens a lot of time in ministry leadership. This happens a lot of time in organizational management where a person will say, well, I didn't want to bother the leader with this. Okay, well, guess what? Number one, you not bothering the leader with that. You may let a poisonous, cancerous spirit, you may let it pervade in an organization and the leader never knows because you're covering up for Judas. Watch me. You, do, you never cover up for a Judas. You never cover up for Judas. But number two, y'all with me? Number two, why didn't you check that mark? Why did you not go to Judas and say, hey, listen, man, you are a, a, you're a mess, all right? And I'm, I'm going to tell Jesus about you, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to get your story straight because I'm going to tell Jesus. I want you to know. I want you to know. I'm going to tell you, Jesus about you, but I just wanted to check you first because how are you going to do him like this? How are you going to act like this? Listen, can I help some of you all? Never cover up for Judas. You may think you're protecting peace in an organization, and what you are really doing is you're making yourself an accessory to a crime. You are making yourself an accessory to a crime, and you will literally be held accountable for the same thing. All right, let me give you Bible to back that up. Let me give you Bible to back that up. Let me give you Bible. Let me give you Bible. Romans 132. I got Bible for you here. Romans 132. It says, not only those uh, who practice such things, but those who approve of those who do the same. 
What do you mean to approve it? It means that you knew they were doing it and you did nothing to stop them. It means you knew they were doing it. You did nothing to block them. You knew they were stirring up mess. You did nothing to shut them down. You knew they were acting a fool. You did nothing to stop them. You knew they weren't loyal to the leader, yet you didn't say, no, I don't want to be in the middle of it. You in the middle of it because you know it. You in the middle of it because you know it. Check them. You check them. And then when you check them, you still need to tell. Why do you tell? Because sometimes when you confront a Judas, all you do is make them smarter. Sometimes when you confront a Judas, the only thing you do is you make them wiser. So you still got to tell so that now everybody, the leader knows where the snake is. It's quiet right there. It's quiet right there. All right. Jesus was not just betrayed by Judas. He was betrayed by all everybody that knew what Judas was doing and did nothing and did nothing and did nothing and did nothing. I want to push some of you all because some of you all, your, I just want to stay out of it. That posture has made you guilty of Romans 132. It's made you guilty of Romans 132 because you in it. When you saw it, you were in it. When you saw it, you were in it. When you saw it, you were in it. See, I'm the type of person, even in friendships, don't come to me with no mess because let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get them on the phone or on a FaceTime and say, now what you just said, say that, say, go on and say that. Say that right now, because we finna all this. We ain't. We ain't. I'm not doing this. From I'm not. I'm not doing this. Say what you just said right here. Why? Because what you're not gonna do is you're not gonna play both sides. Wow. You ready? All right. Jesus. Here's this miserable moment. He is betrayed by Judas and the inner circle that knew about Judas. Number two, he was abandoned by all of the disciples. Everybody abandoned him. Everybody abandoned him. Everybody abandoned him. Everybody abandoned him. This is important to understand um, because, listen, you know that you are in the midst of something amazing when it feels like everybody has dropped you. Has anybody on this preview tonight ever had a moment in life where you felt like everybody dropped you? Wave at me. And here's the thing. People can be around you, but, but you still feel abandoned. My God. People can be around you, but you still can feel abandoned. Why? Because presence doesn't mean purpose. Presence doesn't mean purpose. Just because you're around me doesn't mean there's a purposeful reason. Um, this pen is around me, but unless I use it, it serves no purpose. There's this big marble ball on a stand that's sitting on this table next to me. Just because it's present doesn't mean it has purpose. You can still have people around you and still feel abandoned because presence doesn't mean purpose. Um, Mark 14, 50, all of his disciples abandoned. I want you to understand what this means, guys. Most times when we talk about disciples, you think about 12 people. That's not Bible. Jesus had thousands and thousands of disciples. Disciples mean students. He had 12 of those disciples that were called apostles, more excuse me, that were ruling apostles because um, the scripture makes it clear there were over 72, 74 plus Apostles, because he sent them two by two, he sent 70, plus you have the 12, so you got more than uh, you got, you know, but if you include the 12, you know, the Bible is, we're not 100% sure if it includes those 12. So you've got anywhere between 70 and 82 apostles, sent ones. You only have 12 that are ruling apostles that are over everybody else. And we learn from Acts chapter one, these are referred to as the bishops. That's why the Bible says, let another man take his office in the book of Acts. The word office there is the word bishopric, all right? I'm just teaching you. So when the Bible says all of his disciples abandoned him, I just want you to understand what this really means. 
It was not 12 people that walked away from him. And the Bible says all of his disciples walked away from him. Everybody look at me. Thousands walked away from him. Did you hear what I just said? Thousands walked away from him. Everybody abandoned him. Listen to me. When they felt like there was nothing they could get from him. And for some of you tonight, you literally have been in places and stages in your life where people have walked away when they felt like they could get nothing else from you. People have walked away when they felt like they could no longer get you to pay for it. They could no longer get you to do that. Am I talking to anybody tonight where you have experienced where people walked away when they felt like there was nothing else they could get from you? They ghosted you. They disappeared on you. Uh, they didn't return your calls. They wouldn't, the same help you extended to them, they wouldn't extend it to you. It was not 12 people that walked away from Jesus. I need you to hear me. Thousands walked away from Judah, Jesus. All right, because again, if you just came, if you just popped in, you got to go back and listen to that explanation. There were thousands of disciples. There were between 70 and 84 plus apostles, or 82 plus apostles. There were 12 ruling apostles. Thousands walked away from him. I want you to imagine what that feels like. I want you to imagine what that feels like. I want you to imagine what that feels like when on one day, when on one day, you're on top of the world, you're that guy. And then, watch me. By that midweek, that midweek, everybody's gone. Nobody wants to be associated with you. Nobody wants to be around you. Can you imagine what that would feel like? All right, and many of us have experienced a degree of that, but let's tell the truth. Most of us have not experienced it to that level, to that level. He's abandoned by all of his disciples. Then the Bible says he sheds his blood. Here's how he sheds it, alone. He sheds his blood alone. He's been betrayed. He's been abandoned. He's alone. And he has to shed his blood alone. What does blood represent in the Bible? It represents life. So what does this mean? He literally has to go through these places of life where he's bleeding and he's by himself. And can I share this with everybody? Your bleeding, listen, you ready? Is your burden. I'm going to say that again. Your bleeding is your burden. Many times, when we are having these moments where we're bleeding, we want other people to, to, to be in it with us. And that's a natural human thing. But can I tell you and show you from Jesus' example that your bleeding is your burden. You cannot get mad because somebody else can't do the bleeding for you. Somebody else can't do the hurt for you. This is why, let me prove it to you. You can have people who can try to cheer you up and you still be like, oh, thanks for coming, but I'm still just sad. Wave at me if you've ever had people around you who have tried to be there for you and you were still uh, still going through the emotions of your moment. Wave at me. Wave at me. To some of you married people, your bleeding is your burden. Don't put that on your spouse to do your bleeding for you. That's your bleeding. That's your bleeding. For some of you, watch me, with your children, you, you, you expect your children to carry some of your bleeding. Mama, that's your bleeding. Sir, dad, that's your bleeding. For some of you uh, kids with your parents, your pa it's not your parents' job to do your bleeding for you. Your bleeding is your burden because where you bleed, watch me, while it's a burden, it's also going to be a blessing. While you bleed, while it's a burden, it's also going to be a blessing. All right. And he sheds his blood alone. And I told you where he shed it in the garden. Thirty nine stripes, crown of thorns. Uh, they pierce his hands. They pierce his feet. Then the coup de grace, if you will, the blow of mercy, the blow that takes him out. It is when they pierce his heart. 
And he does that alone, but he doesn't stay there. The Bible says, can I get you to drop a three in the comments? Three days later, boom, he rises again. We call that Resurrection Sunday or the Hebrew feast, the biblical feast of first fruits. And most of us look at that day and we celebrate it. Churches are packed on Easter Sunday. People are excited. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're excited about Easter. But guess what? The Bible says he actually did more after the cross. What do you mean, Bishop? He spent 30 years of life preparing for three and a half years of public ministry to do 37 recorded miracles. But listen to what the Bible says. In Acts 1-3, he spent 40 days, he spent 40 days with his, uh, uh, um, with his 11, because Judas is dead now, he spends 40 days with his 11. Um, and watch me, John 21-25 says, in those 40 days, Jesus did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world would not have enough books to record them. I want you to pay attention. There were enough books to record what he did before the cross. There were enough books to record what he did at the cross. There are not enough books to record what he did in 40 days after the cross. Can I help some of you all? After your miserable moment, you're going to do more. Come on, y'all. I need you to type more on the screen. After your miserable moment, you will do more. Shout out to those of you that are using the badges over here on the Bishop Foreman IG to sew. After your miserable moment, you will do more. After your miserable moment, you will do more. Watch me. For some of you too, you keep thinking, I need two years. I need three years. I need five years in my 10-year plan. My fifth. Stop. Can I be honest with you? The Bible says he did more in 40 days than he did in three and a half years, which means, watch me, if you handle your miserable moments right, you will do more in less time. You will do more. You ready? With less. Watch me. Who abandoned him? Oh my God, I'm going to shout. Who abandoned him? Thousands of people abandoned him. Who was he going to? The 11 and Judas gets replaced by a guy named Matthias. So he's going to these 12. With those 12, he does more than when he did with thousands before. I'm going to tell somebody, you're going to do more with less. The second half of this year, you're going to do more with less. Oh my God, why are you not rejoicing on the screen? If that just shook something in you, I need you to put a praise emoji on the screen. Do a hands up, do a clapping, do a shout, do something. Say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You will do more with less and in less time. You will do more with less and in less time. You will do more with less and in less time. Thousands have walked away from him, so he only has this 12. And this 12, the Bible says he does more with them and he does it in less time. And this is encouragement for all of us because some of us say, well, I, I need this. I need that. You don't need what you think you need. What you have is what you need. What you need is what you already have. You lack nothing. He did more with less and in less time. All right. And I began on Sunday to give you the steps to start over. Scratch that to start better. Because literally in that 40 day period of time, it was a start over. Like they were having to start over, but they weren't starting over. They were starting better. I gave you those 10 steps. I want to encourage you to watch Sunday's message in our app. Text the word harvest to 877-552-4746. And I get a few of you to type that on both platforms. 
to get our app so you can watch that full message. Tomorrow night's message is called Finding a Better Way. So remember, the series is called Let's Start Over, Scratch That, Let's Start Better. Let's Start Better. Let's Start Better. All right? Because with God, you're never starting over. You're always starting better. Why? You're wiser. You're more spiritual. You pray more. You you got more. You have more skills. You have more tenacity. You have more patience. You have more boldness. You are better today than you were this time last year. Anybody can testify to that, that you may not be where you want to be, but you can show enough, thank God, that you are not where you used to be. All right. In all of that, um, tomorrow night, I'm going to literally walk you through how they had to start better. And I'm going to literally walk you through what's a part of the process in starting better. It can seem overwhelming, but it is not. It can seem um, it can seem frustrating, and it will be. There's going to be times you're going to feel tired, and that's normal, but stopping is not an option. I'm going to walk you through that tomorrow night um, because one of the main things that stops us from better, you ready for this, is our perspective. And we covered this last night in prayer uh, on purpose. Uh, we pray every Monday night for one hour from 7 o'clock Mountain time to eight o'clock mountain time. It's nine o'clock Eastern to 10 o'clock Eastern time. We pray every Monday night. You can always join us on prayer. It's all digital. So everybody can be a part of that on all of our digital platforms. Listen to me very, very carefully. Your perspective is how you see it. Maybe the issue isn't what you're looking at. It's how you see it. Maybe the issue isn't how you see it. It's the way you're looking at it. This is called your perspective. And I want to give you this one scripture Philippians 2.5, let this mind, what does that mean? This attitude, this settled way of thinking, this perspective, let this, which was in Jesus, be in you also. Question, what's your perspective? What is your perspective? What is your perspective? Do you see the hole in the donut or do you see the donut? Do you see the glasses half empty or half full? Do you see yourself as a victim or a victor? Do you see yourself? Um, do you see yourself as someone who's always getting the short end of the deal, or someone who's always given options? What is your perspective? Because that, hear me, that is going to determine how you find a better way. Last night on prayer, we talked about how you have to call yourself a solutionist, and for some of you, you got to literally make that your daily confession. I'm a solutionist. I solve problems. You were literally sent to the earth to be a problem solver. How do you know that, Bishop Foreman? All you got to do is look at Jeremiah chapter one. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? I sent you to solve a problem. I sent you to solve a problem. I sent you to be the curse breaker. I sent you to be the history break maker. I sent you to be the line crosser. I sent you to be the boundary breaker. Well, how do you, do you see, do you, and I used this term yesterday. Are you a problem comer upper with her? Or are you a problem solver? Your perspective determines whether or not things get better. Your perspective determines whether or not things get better. We're going to dive into that tomorrow night. It's going to be an amazing word. That's 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, listen, I, I do these previews so that you can invite people. Anybody excited about the word tomorrow night? You have to get excited about it. Once I get you excited about it, then I want you to share it. Tell other people about it. That's tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern. 
um, and our app and our website, YouTube, Facebook, all of that. Best thing to do to stay connected is text the word HARVEST. 877-552-4746. Last two things I want to do. If you're on this preview tonight and you are not a Christian, guess what? You're not watching me by accident. God literally set this up so that you would be watching this tonight, so that tonight would be the night he comes to get you. Secondly, if you've given your life to Jesus, but you have not, you have not, you have not been faithful to him, guess what? There is forgiveness for you. Listen to me. There is no place too low where the blood of Jesus can not flow. I don't care how you messed up. I don't care how you screwed up. I don't care what it is. If you're watching me, you have a pulse, which means he still has a plan. You need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, wherever you are at, on the count of three, I just want you to do that hand wave emoji or say it to me. I want to lead you in a prayer because tonight's your night to come to the Lord. This is no accident. This is no joke. This is no game. One, God's coming to get you tonight. Two, there is literally no judgment tonight. So you don't have to worry about people judging you. If you were bishop former, you're in a safe place. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where you're at. Do that hand wave emoji or say it to me. If you become a Christian, Recommit yourself to the Lord. If you're like, Bishop Foreman, I, I don't know where things really stand with God. I need you to respond. You need to be sure. Don't miss this moment. I see you. I got you. They already responded on TikTok. I got you. They're already responding. Just do that hand wavy emoji or say it's me. Do that hand wavy emoji or say it's me right where you are at. I'm going to count you down from five. Respond before I get to zero. Four. Don't miss your moment. Three. This is literally God coming to get you. Two. This is literally the Lord coming after you. One, respond. I sense that there's at least one more. There you go. I knew there was at least one more on here tonight. Zero. Everybody pray this prayer with me. You can still respond, but everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth. I see you. I believe in my heart. They're still responding that you are my Lord and my Savior. Everybody say this to me. Say, give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. And if I mess up, give me the grace to get back up. You love me unconditionally in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, guys, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm clapping because it's about to be a party. Heaven's clapping because it's about to be a party. I mean, can, do you see the angels? The angels are literally like celebrating this moment. That's what the Bible says. Heaven rejoices when just one comes to the Lord and way more than one just came tonight on both of these platforms, TikTok and Instagram. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Now that you prayed that prayer, what are you going to do next? I'm going to tell you. Text the word decision to this phone number, 877. You've heard the number already, 552-4746. You're going to see on either platform, you're going to see some people type it. Can I encourage you to snap a screenshot of it? so that you can send that text. Bishop Foreman, why in the world should I send that text? Because we're gonna shoot you a message called, what next? You've prayed that prayer, now what do you do? What are you going to do next? We literally will walk you through what you need to do next. Text the word, um, decision to 877-552-4746. Last thing I wanna do, if this message preview was a blessing to you, be a blessing, be a blessing. Be a blessing. How can you do that? You can sow. I want to encourage you uh, um, to always be a blessing to anything that is a blessing to you. It's a principle. The Bible says that the generous uh, and he who waters is always watering himself. If you'd like to sow, you can do that. You can use the PayPal, the PayPal. You can use the Cash App, dollar sign Bishop Foreman with the number two at the end. You can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Giveify. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
All of that is available. The key email for that is hello at harvestchurch.church. If you're already connected to Harvest, um, you can use text to give. You can use our website to sow also. I want to encourage you, attach it to that scripture, Philippians 2, 5, because we're going to deal with that tomorrow night, your perspective, your attitude. So what you sow, put a two and a five in it. Put a two and a five in it. You can do $25. You can do $52. You do $250. You can do $520. You can do $2,500. You can do $5,200. But put a two and a five and call this seed your perspective seed, your perspective seed. And I'm intentionally saying the same thing I said yesterday. Um, so that it's, it's, you really get this principle in prayer. All right. Call it your perspective seat. Again, you can use the dollar sign Bishop Foreman number two for cash app. You can use PayPal, Ben Moselle, Givelify, and given if you want to use crypto, it's hello at Harvest Church. That church is that email. Also, you can use over here on Instagram, you can use the badges to sew, but whatever you so call it your perspective seat and put a two and a five in it, attaching it to that scripture, uh, Philippians 2 5. All right, guys, I love you. I pray that you were blessed tonight. Hope to see you tomorrow night. We'll do a pop-up stream over here on TikTok uh, of the message. We'll do a pop-up stream, um, and then we'll be on all of our digital platforms. So if you're not in Denver, no problem. You can be a part of it. It's going to be an amazing word, so invite some people. I'm getting off early tonight, so you have some time to invite some folks. Share it in your Instagram stories. Text some people. Tell them about it. Tomorrow night's message literally is called this, Finding a Better Way. For many, you're like, it's, I can't figure this out. Mm -mm. Tomorrow night, I'm going to teach you how to find better in every area of your life. Better can be found. Better can be obtained. I'm going to show you how to find it tomorrow night. Right? I love you guys. Shalom. Have an amazing night. Go sow and share. Sow and share. SNS. Sow and share. Share and sow. Sow and share. Share and sow. Sow and share. Share and sow. Let's go. Love you. Love you all. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.